listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 237. Kayla Lord's here with the one, the only, the guy who decided to get creative with his finger waving to let me know I could talk now, John Brownstone. Hey, you know, you do it week after week after week, you gotta spice it up a little bit. I think that was the uh, finger definition of flair. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh, so. Finger flair. It's, mm, mm. <laughs> It's the start of October, sometimes by some people known as Kinktober. So we thought we'd actually talk about kink. Uh, we're going in hot with a conversation mm. about edge play and risk. Uh, I don't think we have any hard and fast opinions, but there will be thoughts. Uh, welcome to the Loving BDSM <laughs> podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education. And show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. If you love what you hear, we'd love a good review wherever you listen to us to help other kinksters find us. You can follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, <laughs> LovingDS and the number one, that's LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. A big thank you, shout out, and a we see you to our kinky patrons we on do, we Patreon. Do. We refer to them as our proud crickets, uh, including our newest peeps. Hi, mm. we see you. Thank you. <laughs> we love you. Uh, if you would like more of whatever the hell this is, but also a special monthly podcast, a special live stream, and a Discord server, you can access all of that at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords, or use the link in the show notes. Okay, so I got no real announcements. Um, I will say this as an announcement. Okay. We did plan the day of the launch of your new shop. And, and that's in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And we will do a special separate live stream slash podcast episode that week. So there'll be a regular like Wednesday live stream Friday podcast that's got a topic. Mm -hmm. And then we're gonna do like, I think it's a Thursday. I'll give more dates later. A special one where we just talk about the shop and like the products and what we did and hey, we're introducing it. And that will be the infomercial uh, type of thing. We did it separate, so if people are like, I do not give a shit about that, you can skip it. Uh, but that is coming. Um, I will start, I gotta get through a launch that I'm doing this week with my other partner, uh, Molly Moore, uh, and then I can focus on the next one, thanks. Um, so yeah, but that's, if I have an announcement, that's probably it. Um, so we are talking about edge play, and I know, I don't think you can talk about edge play, without talking about risk and risk assessment and risk evaluation. Mm -hmm. um, so the reason we're talking about edge play is one, well, one, it is considered for October kinktober, hashtag kinktober mm. in some circles. So I was like, let's do a kink topic. And then we went through all of the kink topics that are easy for us because they're things we experience day in and day out. And we went, oh, we've right. already talked about all those. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, what makes me think? And then, I, and I have, we do not have an official review of this yet, other than I can say, I like this. Um, we have Ignixia's Kinktionary. Uh, it is a paperback kink dictionary with space to add more terms and words and phrases as you come across them. But there are 400 already in here. And I was looking through and I'm like, wow, this is really comprehensive. <laughs> I'm seeing terms I don't normally see. I'm like, oh, 
okay, this is cool, this is cool. Uh, no, I really- I, I need to pry that out of your hands to, to look at it myself. You'll have to buy your own copy. No, teasing. <laughs> teasing. Um, and we will, if anybody's interested in getting your own copy, we'll put a link to uh, it on Amazon. You can buy your own, check it out. It's fourteen ninety five on Amazon, it's printed. We do not make a commission from that. We are not mm -hmm. sponsored, uh, but yeah. So I like it so far, this is not an official review. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I come to Edge Play and I'm reading it and I'm like, I like that definition. It tracks true for me, but that's not how I learned what Edge Play was. So then that mm. took me down a rabbit hole. I have resources for this week's episode. Thank you very much. <laughs> that will be linked in all of the places. So first it started with the definition of edge play in Kinktionary by Ignixia. I will read that in a moment. Then I was like, wait, has Evie talked about edge play? And she did do an interview with somebody that talked about different parts of it. And I think edge play was part of the conversation, but I, what I ended up finding and coming across, which made me feel bad because it was in my subscription feed on YouTube a couple weeks ago and I just missed it apparently, mm -hmm. where she recently did a video about is BDSM dangerous and us talking about risk. And I was like, well, that fits in. And then I was like, but wait, what if I'm thinking of edge play wrong? And so then I was like, I'm on Kinkly and I'm reading their definition. I'm on Submissive Guide and I'm reading their definition. And I was like, we have to talk about this because when I first heard that edge play was a thing, I was, I don't remember where, whether I read something, watched something or somebody said something, but I had a very narrow definition mm. of what edge play mm -hmm. meant. And it seems that, uh, especially as rack risk aware consensual kink is becoming a little bit more mainstream among kinksters, yeah. as opposed to safe scene and consensual, which we do follow. Um, that people are redefining some of these things to be broader, which I agree with. Sure. So it was like, let's talk about this. I can't stop thinking about this. <laughs> now, the problem is I don't have like any hard and fast opinions. Mm -hmm. This really is one of those episodes where it's an open discussion and I don't know what I'm gonna think until the words come out of my mouth. Oh, I know. In trouble now. I know, isn't that terrifying? Um, for anybody who has very, firm beliefs about edge play, that's cool. Also, I'm not here to tell anybody what I think they should think about edge play or risk. Cause that, I don't think you can talk about edge play without talking about risk. Mm -hmm. um, and so which of those two topics will get most airtime in this episode? Don't know, can't, can't even it, begin and, to know. And it may be one of those things that we end up coming, coming back, back to. to. So let's start with what is edge play? I'm gonna start with Ignixia's book cause that's where I started. Mm -hmm. And this was why I was like, I really liked this definition cause it was way better than the one I had been given. What, seven, eight years ago? Uh, Ignixia defines edge play as play that is on the quote edge of safety or is considered mm -hmm. very risky. Some places classify any play with a sharp edge and potential for blood to be edge play. Other places consider anything someone isn't completely familiar with doing on their own to be edge play and therefore needing extra supervision. Right. That is a much broader definition. So I'll, yeah. I'll tell you how I learned it and you tell me if that tracks. The way okay. I learned edge play was anything that literally used an edge, like a knife mm -hmm. or a blade, um, that could draw blood, that put you closer <laughs> to the risk of imminent death or real harm. So blood play, knife play, 
uh, asphyxiation, mm-hmm. things like that. How right. did you learn the um, concept? I, I kind of um, had a pretty good idea of, of what it truly meant uh, right from the beginning, I think probably because of the community I came into. So, I mean, to me, you know, it was pretty much a lot of the things that, that you just mentioned. Um, let's throw in medical play. Mm, I would with, not, and I that. would not have, okay. Um, you know, really, I, I, from very early on, I kind of thought of most any play mm-hmm. in BDSM as, as kind of being edgy mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the one that shocked me the most, um, I was at a rope workshop and the person doing the presentation was like, rope is edge play. And, and I had to stop and, and think about that for, for a few minutes and it's like, yeah, because you, ser- you can seriously do harm to somebody by tying a rope wrong, you know, too tight, the, the nerve damage that can ensue, cutting off blood circulation. So, you know, yeah, I, pretty much, yeah, from, from my thing early on, yeah, it was always pretty much anything that you engage in. And here's what's funny with that way of thinking about it, because I don't disagree with you. Yeah. When I, we were thinking about this episode, I almost titled it, Is, BDS, is All BDSM Edge Play? Mm. Because based on that definition and the other definitions, um, if you are watching on the live stream or in the video, I did just add all the links that we're using as references. Yeah. Kinkly, which does use sex writers and a lot of kinky people I have formerly written for Kinkly in the past to define these things. They're not coming from left field. They didn't just do a quick Google search. They define edge play um, as edge play refers to BDSM activities that are considered risky or on the edge of what might be considered safe, sane, and consensual. The definition of edge play is subjective and can differ from scene to scene and from individual to individual, but it can refer to anything from breath play to knife play to barebacking. The definition of edgy can also change over over time, depending on the sensibilities of the time period. I would also say, because it is so subjective, that one thing you consider edge play can change over time as you yourself, as a kinkster, grow and learn and have different experiences. Well, it it comes down, and and this is something, you know, I say this because this is something we follow. We we have always pretty much believed in in safe, sane, consensual. Yeah, and I would say it's because that was what was standard when we sort of arrived at different times yeah. into BDSM. Rack yeah. was not a thing a lot of people were talking it, about. It was not, even not a in lot of things. Um, but, you know, let, let's let's face it. There are some people who would consider the sanity of putting somebody over your knee and spanking them. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. For sure. <clears throat> so, you know, while, while safe, sane, and consensual... Um, you know, let, let's let's break it down a little bit. I mean, consensual is pretty much a, a no-brainer. That that, regardless of of what you tend towards, the, the consent pretty much right remains and, standard. And it's not it should not be a confusing concept for most people. Right, consensual is both parties are mm-hmm. consenting. Right. Um. You know where where the thing safe comes into play. There you start getting. 
walking a little bit of a gray area. Sure, because what right. I consider safe, you might not consider safe. Well, I mean, let, let's something that many people consider a gateway kink, a spanking. Mm-hmm. Okay, many people say, oh, yeah, my gateway kink, I started out with, with light spankings, and, you know, it just kind of grew from there. But even spankings can can have an inherent danger because, you know, you're using a paddle, okay? Um, you miss hit with a paddle, you hit a bone, mm. all right? Um, you know, with a paddle, you definitely do not want to hit soft tissue as, as far as, you know, anything where major organs lay. Not with any amount of force. Not with any amount of force. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, there there is a risk. Um, you know, let's face it, no matter how much one practices, the possibility for missing a stroke can happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Accidents happen. You can be well trained in any implement, but accidents happen. Sure, you, you can know, be off your game just you, a little bit. Somebody can right. move by half an inch in the middle it, of the. Str- I mean, anything exactly. can happen. You know, you 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 miss hit with a with a flogger and and it wraps around and and hits a tender area. Mm-hmm. You know, so that then is where rack risk-aware consensual kink kind of started coming into play more and more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because regardless of what we do, and, and you know, it, it may be more of a, a personal feeling, but, um, you know, it's, that's why I kind of group most of everything we do in into being an edge play. You know, let's face it, uh, it's not considered the norm, <laughs> Well, or, I, what you said is what, to me, hits this whole topic nail on head. Yeah. It's the risk. Mm-hmm. So, a couple of things here. One, you're, and the examples most of us give when we start talking about edge play or risk in general, we talk about the physical risks. Right. Those are e- most easily seen and mm-hmm. felt, and you can, in many, if not most cases, you almost know immediately if, ooh, that was a bad hit, like you feel it. You don't always, I mean, things can happen, but for yeah. the most part, I you're mean, feeling we, we it joke, immediately. We joke about sometimes the, the difference between pleasurable pain and the not good pain. Right, the pain I did not ask for, thank you. Right. Um, but, and this is a thing that all the definitions I've read, as well as um, Evie's video pointed out, there's also mental and emotional risk right what's a trigger what's going to haunt you what's going to stay with you what's going to remind you of a thing that happened that's not related but you're in a headspace you did not anticipate mm-hmm. and it comes it all comes back to risk and so uh when i was watching evie's video it is linked in all the places y'all definitely go watch it it's excellent um she was talking about the kind of the same thing she didn't say what you've said which is you know, is all BDSM edge play, but all BDSM has risk. And her point Mm -hmm. was you have to then assess those risks for yourself. What I found kind of humorous, kind of really, I'm reading through the comments. I don't know why I do it to myself. I do it with every YouTube video. I don't know why, I don't know why. (laughs) And there were a couple of people who understood her point. They weren't, you know, they weren't being jerks or anything, but they actually said, well, if you have enough experience in something, then your risk goes down. One, that's true. The more experience you have, the 
the more your risk can decrease. But the tone of those comments was like, oh, I've been doing this 20 years. It's perfectly safe if I okay. do that thing. And I'm let's, like, what about human error? Let, let's, let's look at this on another scale. Let's use this in a, a simile. Okay, driving. Mm-hmm. You learn how to drive. As, as, as a youngster, you're not that great of a driver. <laughs> okay, let's face it. Kids tend to have more accidents sure. and, and mishaps than and most any drivers on the road. But as you learn, you gain experience. The hope is, as you gain that experience, you become a better driver. Right, the risk um, of accident goes down. The risk of accidents goes down. But life changes again. You get older. Your reaction time goes down. Things change in your life. And and you may start hitting the downhill slide of that bell curve. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it doesn't matter how many years of experience you have doing that. There are other factors that affect. In your same example, you can be at the height and the peak of your emotional, physical, and mental well-being, and you can get lazy. You can get overconfident. You can go, I got this driving thing down. I take this route every day. Mm -hmm. I will let my mind wander. I will do it. I will go a little bit faster. I will do a thing I never do. And then you through no intention of your own, Mm -hmm. but certainly by your own actions, have caused an accident. Right. So in that example of driving, you've got all the experience you need. That doesn't mean you can't get careless. That's no different than in anything else. So if I have an opinion on that other than that, it is to say be wary of the person who acts like they cannot make a mistake because... Anybody can make a mistake. The person who knows mm-hmm. they can make a mistake has a heightened awareness to uh, to reduce the chance of a mistake most of the time, or they just won't do something until they feel um, more confident in it, like they've gotten enough practice and experience. Yeah. But that is where risk comes in and things become, quote, edgier than they might seem on paper. One of the resources I looked at when I was like, okay, what what is being said out there about edge play? Because it's because I had a very narrow definition of edge play and it was all things that I'm in no way interested in experiencing. Thank you very much. I had not given it much thought. I had not thought to myself, well, how do I feel about edge play and what is it? And what's my, and so that's why I say this conversation is a little open-ended because yeah. by the end of it, I might have some hard and fast opinions. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's sort of new territory for me because I'm sort of remapping how I right. think of it. But one of the resources that I found, uh, it's a site called tabooless.net. They were talking about edge play and they were saying things that tracked true for me based on these other sources that I trust giving their definition. But a thing they said that made me go, "Mm, that might be broadly true, but can I be nitpicky? Was when they were giving examples of things you don't have to worry about as being risky. And one of them, the example they used was sensual spanking. Now, Mm. to me, almost all spankings are good spankings. I do not break down spankings in that way. So how other people might define a sensual spanking 
is it is a mystery to me. I might I need to go back to Ignixia's book and see if if Ignixia put a definition in there. <laughs> so I don't have a, a clear picture on my mind of what specifically they mean by sensual spanking. Mm-hmm. But I did think of even the sexiest moments we've ever had that might be classified as a sensual spanking. And I also know that it's not just the physical and in a light spanking, yeah, your risk is way, way down mm-hmm. for something to go wrong. But that is the physical side of things. Right. What if I'm having a bad day and something about the position I'm in or something about the tone in your voice takes me back to a dark time in life and right. I have a literal, legit, medic, like mm-hmm. a psychological trigger. Yeah. And now... You know, is it something that I will be able to overcome? Sure. Is it something that may make me go, we we can't do that thing in that way. I've got to recover from this. Like those things are possible. Um, so it, I, I well, at the risk of not like having a hard stance on anything, <laughs> if I have to have a hard stance, I think I'm more in line with your definition that anything in BDSM can pose some level of risk. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, depending on your risk tolerance, how you assess risk, which we should talk about, right. um, and just your your individual self, technically anything in BDSM could be considered edge play. Yeah. Now, what you consider edge play and what I consider edge play might be two totally separate things. Like we might not even agree mm-hmm. on that. And I think that that is okay as well. Well, yeah, it's an individualized experience. True, with the entire lifestyle mm-hmm. and the play and the kinks and fetishes. Yeah, but uh, you, you know, you you touched on something which I think is is very important in this. I mean, the the physical aspect of it is is important. Um, that that is is I'm not taking away from that at all, but the mental and emotional aspects. I, I think it is very important when you play with a partner, whether it's a long-term partner, whether it's as, as a top or bottom, um, one of the things you, you talk about, especially in negotiation, are if they have any triggers. Known, known triggers. triggers. I mean, let's be real. Sometimes yeah. you have them and known you don't triggers. know about them. Well, that, that's a little separate thing. But, you know, I mean, there too... I, I was talking to somebody earlier a, a little bit about humiliation play. And, you know, that is something some people like, some people don't. There, there are strong opinions about those. Um, humiliation play can be a bit edgy, too, for some people. Depending on where you take it and Depending how that how, person's where you take it wired. And, and, yeah. and how they are wired. Um, a word I use with you may be a word that triggers somebody else in in a, in, a, in a bad response. There are words you can't use with me. We've, right. We've we, had we, that conversation. We had that conversation very early on mm-hmm. when, when we started dipping our toes in that. And yeah, there, there are words that absolutely, in any context, cannot be used. And let me, because since we can use me as the example here, it's not about having an opinion on a specific word. It's about what that word does to me in the moment what it does to me coming from somebody I care about and trust deeply mm-hmm. and my ability to shrug off 
a word. You have called me some filthy things in the middle of a scene that in that context, in that scene are delicious. And when it's over, I don't even think about them again because I'm out Mm -hmm. of that headspace. It doesn't matter. There are words because of what I've gone through in life that if I hear them from somebody I trust, even in the sexy, fun, consensual context, those words, those phrases stay with me long past that scene. So then what I get left with is, oh my God, they called me that. Is is that what I am? Is that who I am? Did they mean that? And I can spiral into some mm-hmm. dark places. It will absolute certain phrasing, certain things will fuck up my head and fuck up my self-esteem and my sense of self-worth and my sense of trust in the relationship and in the person. And then I am questioning and I am feeling depressed and sad and anxious and all of the things. All the things, all the feels. In a moment, because one word might've gotten said, in a moment that was consensual and sexy Mm -hmm. and great. So that is a risk that I won't take. I I know what will happen Mm because it has happened. That's not, that one is a, a bridge too far. We're not going there. So that's <laughs> yeah. when I, one, one teeny tiny little example of what the, the risk is on, on that kind of play just with one misspoken word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, triggers for the most part, we, we look at triggers and we say, you know, well, a lot of us know our triggers. That's why, you know, certain writings have content warnings um, to you know, because certain things may trigger certain people, um, but there's another aspect to triggers. Uh, I've talked about it earlier shows. Um, what I tend to call landmines. Mm. Those are hidden triggers, ones that nobody knows about on either side. And you're doing a scene, and you're walking through the field of the scene, and next thing you know, you step on it, and it goes off. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we have experienced that. We have. Yeah. And those are an unknown. I could not have told you ahead of time, right. hey, don't do this thing. Don't say mm-hmm. this thing. It'll cause a bad reaction. Right. So, you know, that's something to think about, too. That is that is something that is, is very... And, and I can hear the cynical out there who don't want to be told that something is risky and they need to be careful. I can hear them thinking to themselves or typing ferociously. Mm-hmm. Are you saying I just can't do anything because if there's going to be landmines, but everything has a risk. No. Getting on an airplane has a risk. Well, what I think, <laughs> what I think I am saying is you approach with caution and you approach with humility. Okay, Mm -hmm. because you can take all the precautions in the world. You can have the conversations. You can do some risk assessment with one another about the activities or the whatever. And you can still hit that moment. You did not expect it. You're not actually to blame. It's a thing that happened that nobody could predict. Right. What you do next, (laughs) it says Everything. everything yes you know if you blame that person for having a bad reaction because you feel uncomfortable one i'm not impressed with you and mm. two you've got some work to do no. two I... if you decide that that is a reason you can never do kink again we might need to have a conversation because i think that's a bigger reaction but do you take care of your partner do you learn yeah. from the experience oh, do you yeah. maybe avoid that play in the future right so we you know when it happened to us you know, one, the scene just, it, it, it stopped. It, yeah, yeah. There, there, this was one of those things where it stopped. Um, there was no picking up and, and going forward. 
um, at, at any point. This was just, no, everything comes to a dead stop. Um, in, in my case, what I did with her, I got her calmed down. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not even try to talk about it at that point. Um, because you were just so freaked out. By I, had a, I had a panic attack you, and you, hyperventilated. You, you, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it was you know, bad. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was bad and, and we, everything stopped and we just let it lay. And it wasn't until later the next day um, we took and we just kind of went off by ourselves off to the side, uh, sat in a little quiet spot and, and we started talking about it mm-hmm. and, you know, working through what happened, what, what, you know, could have caused it and, kind of work through it and you know now we know <laughs> to specifically avoid what you know it's funny we've played a little bit with that it's it's about me having too much weight on my body mm-hmm. especially face to face it's panic 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 yeah and what's funny is we have not we did we we avoided it for a good couple of years mm-hmm. just didn't even come close to it and then we were kind of lost in the moment a couple of times and we came close and i think we both realized in the moment oh my god we're almost to this position where i, I have yeah. this panic and we stopped we did a quick it was a weird quick check-in because i mean we were like mm-hmm. going hard and heavy but it was you did the are you okay and i was like if you stop there and then we were going 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 and i went okay i can't do this anymore and it didn't stop the scene we just shifted right. bodies and then we right. could keep going because we were then aware of it have the communication skills yeah. together have the trust in one another because we have the time and experience with one another mm-hmm. to, to and and we're not too precious about the the theatrics of the scene. There are theatrics in a scene of role play or of headspace are important in in many aspects. I am not yeah. like dissing you if you need that. A lot of times at a certain point and in certain scenes we just don't. It's more about a connection than it is a set the actual scene. So right. we can it's not a character for us. We can just say in the middle of this really kinky sexy moment, mm, let's shift okay and we can do it together and then we can keep going um i know that not everybody can do that but we have that ability so we can mm-hmm. then it's almost like playing on a new level of an edge because you know that's a trigger you know you have to yeah. be careful with my consent i'll let you come up to the line of that and then i'll let you know okay can't do this anymore mm-hmm. and we, mm-hmm. we just adjust in mid play and keep going that comes with having hit the landmine, having yeah. done what I needed and what you needed to get through that moment, learned from it, been very careful with it, decided that the risk of trying again too soon was not enough, no. and slowly getting to a point of comfort of, yeah, maybe we can do a little bit of that again. But I also know that if I had gone, no, you can't do that anymore, you'd have been like, okay, we're going to do something else. There's too many other things to do out there to be really mad that you can't do this one specific position in this one specific time. There's just too much to choose from, okay? Um, And we have enough compatible kinks that that works. So I think what we, it's based on, I think, the way you and I are both going on our definition of edge play, there is no 
standard solid, these activities are edge play. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel good about that definition because that tracks, <laughs> that tracks true for me, that anything in BDSM can be edge play. Mm -hmm. Now, what we said, I said it before, let me say it again, what you consider edge play and what I consider edge play or edgy or too risky will vary and will be different. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna make the blanket statement that everything is always edge play because it's high risk, okay? I think there is an edge to everything because there is mm -hmm. a potential for something to go wrong. This is where risk assessment comes in, mm -hmm. right? If you and I yeah. have been together for as many years as we've been together and you tend to do spankings in about the same way every time, mm -hmm. the risk of harm from a spanking while always present is super is, is, low. Is minim very minimal. It's as minimal yeah. as you can probably get right. without calling it risk-free. At the same time, if you came at, first of all, I'm not gonna let you because it's a hard limit, but you come at me with a knife, my brain processes that as hugely high risk, especially since mm -hmm. at this moment in time, you don't have the practice, you don't have the experience, right. we haven't even attempted anything. That to me is a step too far. The risk is too high because there are too many unknowns for me. Yeah. So what I think, and I'm not, I'm no expert on how to assess risk. I only kind of know how I can assess it for myself. Um, but I think the one thing that is common slash mostly always true um, is that we all have a different definition of what is risky to us based on probably dozens of factors, some of which we can name and some of which maybe on a subconscious level that we can't, that we just know, yeah, I'll do that, no, I won't, or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. um, some things I can think of when I'm assessing if something is worth the risk, I think that is also key. So you assess what the risk is. We'll go back to the tabooless.net article where they said central spanking for them would not be edge play because there's no real risk. In that case, the level of risk I would say is so super low that no, I probably don't consider it risky even if I intellectually understand that yeah, there could be a risk under very specific circumstances in my experience with it, okay? So that's so super low, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna think about it. But when I look at something I do think is risky, mm -hmm. then I'm thinking about, and I'm not, I'm not used to thinking about why I think something's risky, but there are things I, that come to mind, okay? Chime in with any that I'm not really thinking of. First of all, uh, have I done it before? Okay. Um, has the person who wants to do it with me done it before? If so, how often? For how long? Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, can I even name the risks? So sometimes I look at a thing and I don't know enough about it to even tell you what the risks are. That tells me I don't know enough about it to do it. Now that is a yeah. personal decision. I know there are people out there who will don't have to know anything about it and they'll run headlong into it and by the grace of whatever deities may or may not exist and fate slash luck slash you pick your word, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. make it through and they're fine. Um, I have never been that person. <laughs> <laughs> when I, once I, I recognize a big risk and it's, it's a big one, I, I usually encounter it in some way. Yeah. Um, 
But I'm also thinking, does it, um, this is more of a subconscious thing where I can't always name why I feel like something's risky. Does it make me anxious? Does it make me afraid? Am I having a visceral reaction? Am I having pictures in my head of worst case scenarios? Even if they're not practical, <laughs> even if they mm. might never actually happen, if my brain goes to the worst case scenario, knife play, okay? I'm an anxious person, okay? I understand mm -hmm. who and what I am. You say knife play to me, I, because of that anxious spiral I'm capable of, imagine blood everywhere, stab wounds, vicious violence, or, or just the weirdness of life of, oh, you're grazing my skin with a knife. You trip on nothing. Next thing you know, you have stabbed me, right? Like <laughs> that, I mean, one, I'm not into knife play. We've talked about this. I'm not yeah. into blood play. We've talked about this. But yeah. to me, when that's what I'm thinking, for me on my personal assessment of risk, that's too far. Some people, they're, he, he, mine won't go there. They might be able to go, oh, yeah, you could cut me. Oh, I, and, Evie in her video, I was like, oh my God, I never thought about it. She was like, she said, you could be doing knife play, accidentally cut a partner, cut their skin, and that knife wasn't clean, as clean as it could be. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you've accidentally given your partner an infection that has put them at risk, more risk, because now they're sick, because we've got an infection. Mm -hmm. And it was an oopsie moment. And because I'm not exploring knife play, I'm like, I had never thought of that. Now, when we talk about impact play, I can think of more risks, even if I can't envision all well, risks. When, so, that, but that's based on experience and yeah. interest level, and well, because I've learned something yeah. about it, it gets complicated and messy. I it, think is what I'm saying. It is important to understand what it is you're doing, no matter what you're doing. Well, sure. Um, a, a number of years ago, a certain book that was followed then by, then followed by a movie came out, and, <laughs> and I, I, I know this because I actually witnessed it in the office I was working in at that time. People were like, this is amazing. It's wonderful. I want to do this stuff. And people were going out that had no idea what they were doing, no idea of, of the power they were wielding in their hands. They thought it was just cool and amazing, and they wanted to spice things up. And, and it looked easy. And people <laughs> ended up in the hospital. I know. I remember reading about um, shoulder injuries from all the people trying floggers for yes. the yes. I was like, oh, wow, okay, now, okay. Many, many years ago, when I had an interest in, in floggers, which was born of the, the reading the Gore books, because I read the Gore books, I did not fancy myself a flogging expert. Mm. All right. I went out and I learned at workshops how to handle a flogger. Before I ever even touched someone with a flogger, I flogged my pillow into submission. <laughs> okay. I, for what I'm grateful. Yeah. For that pillow. And, and I mean, service. even, even with learning whips, you know, you, you, you just, you, you don't learn to crack a whip by whipping somebody. You take it, you know, all the workshops I've been to, you take a t-shirt and put it on a hanger and you use it for target practice, a piece of paper hanging, you use it as a target. You, you work until you improve your your ability to gauge the distance of the whip you're using to the impact it's hitting, and yada, 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 down the line. 
So here's <laughs> you're giving me a look. No, because you've made me think of something, <laughs> and I think that this is a thing that gets forgotten in this discussion. We each, as individuals, assess risk in different ways. Not even with the methods like I was listing a little bit ago. You are a person who is fairly cautious. You're not like me, super, super overly cautious, anxious, I'll just hide my house, thanks. I know what's there and I know how it all works. I'm happy here. You are willing to go out and have adventures, but your personality says, either based on past experience or just how you're wired or a combination of both, okay, I don't know what I don't know. I can immediately get a sense that there is risk here, even if I could not name it. I'm going to make sure I understand how to do it or, hey, I'm interested in a topic. I'm gonna research it a little bit, read about it, learn a little bit, and then you'll make decisions because now you've learned a little mm -hmm. bit about it. You understand there is inherent risk. Right. You need to learn these skills. That is one type of personality. Um, there are then the personalities. <laughs> I have a feeling like the people with their shoulder injuries after <laughs> watching the Fifty Shades movies who were maybe the type of people who do that thing Oh, that looks easy. I can do it. It never occurs to them that there might be risk involved. They never occur, especially if they've decided they think it's easy. Mm -hmm. They go head first, headlong into a thing, have an injury, fuck it up, have a moment, and then go, oh, wait, this thing might not be as easy, as risk-free, mm -hmm. as whatever, as I thought it was. And they are those people who have to learn the hard way. Fuck it up first, learn mm -hmm. later. There are the people like me who are at the other end of risk aversion where we're like, I'm, I don't like anything that even looks like risk. Um, I'm just gonna sit here and be the potato that I am in my house. Uh, then you've got the other end of the spectrum of the people who, I think there's types here too, where they either don't see the risk at all, and I, I don't understand y'all, but uh, hi, um, or they see the risk and they don't, they either <clears throat> don't care or think they can overcome it or think it's not that big of a deal. And I would also hazard a guess to say that an, one person can have elements of all those types of people within them and all those types of risk assessment in their personality. So that something that really does hit their anxiety, even if they could not predict it, they will be really risk averse to, they, will, they won't do it at all if it feels too risky or they have to learn everything they can first all the way to, because I know I've done this before, where I thought something looked easier than it was, even if there was no risk to me of physical harm, there might've been the risk of losing money, there might've been the risk of something. Um, and I've rushed headlong into something, never even conceiving that I should learn about it first. And so in terms of BDSM and edge play, I think there are some of us who get a, maybe on some things have a heightened sense of awareness or we can't, we think more about risk. And so therefore that lends itself to that part of us that wants to research, practice, try, or just not fucking do something. And then you have the, another style, which either ignores the risk completely and barrels straight forward or mm -hmm. um, doesn't understand that there is risk. And so you know, I, I know that there are, there are those out there who would be like, well, if there's so much risk, you know, how does anybody like, how are we not all in the hospital as kinksters because we've all hurt ourselves? One, I would say 
pure fucking luck. <laughs> just sometimes <laughs> you don't know what you don't know and you got lucky that time that it went well. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes it is about, and this is the key part where you were talking about edge play, BDSM, and risk. It is about the difference between the perceived level of risk not that there is risk i think we can Mm -hmm. say that there is risk to everything the perceived the perception of the risk versus the actual risk itself some things are going to be riskier because of the nature of what they are sensual spanking versus uh, even just an over the knee spanking versus uh i'm going to stick you with needles like if I'm comparing the risk levels to those two activities, mm-hmm. um, and we're starting at baseline of no experience whatsoever, one is inherently riskier than the other. Now that can change though. It doesn't eliminate the risk mm-hmm. itself, but if you become super trained in needle play and you practice for two decades and you have a really uh, regimented system of how you do it and how you keep both you and your partner safe, the risk is definitely still there, but it's less than the person who watched some porn yesterday and went, oh, needles. Cool, I got I'm, some I'm, needles in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like it's just, yeah. it's a matter of weighing those risks, which I think goes back to the original point of all BDSM is not the same level of edge play at the same time for everybody. But yes, there are inherent risks and dangers and edginess to all parts of BDSM. Yeah. It's about the what your comfort level is, what your education and experience level are. And when I say education, I mean kink education. We're not out here talking about degrees that you have to go get. Like how much have you learned about this thing you want to do? which is why you and I will continue to be part of that uh, group of people out on the internet who's like, please learn about a thing before you try it. Mm -hmm. Which I think is what's nice about like uh, spanking and even let's go to bondage and you know, uh, your your silk tie or handcuffs, not that I recommend handcuffs, but uh, fine, your handcuffs, Mm. being the gateway to those things because those have the, have risk, I can name at least a couple with the handcuff thing, but (laughs) they all have risk, but the risk is so low. It's easy for some easy ish for somebody who has no experience with it to go, I can give this a try. The, 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 the mechanics of it are simple enough that I can try this and the risk is relatively low. It's a, it's a matter of you don't know what you don't know. And I think that's a good thing. I think that if we all walked around being terrified all the time of, a potential risk, even if the likelihood of that risk is very low, we might never do anything. You know, I I have both had this said to me and said this to somebody not related to kink, but when I'm either, I'm in a conversation with somebody and one of us is more anxious than the other, I have said and also been told, I can walk out the door to, and get hit by a car tomorrow, you know. tomorrow. I can't not walk out the door because of that risk. And that's where it comes down to your personal risk assessment of what is a risk too far for you? What is Mm -hmm. a step too far for you? Um, And you know, what makes me sad is when people, and I say this as somebody who has this happen, when your anxieties are so high and you're, you are so risk averse that you are not able to take the step into something that intrigues you because you can't let yourself get past how risky it feels, 
because sometimes part of that feeling of risk, not the actual risk, the feeling about risk is the unknown. Yeah. When I don't Absolutely. know about something it and, and, and I recognize that there's risk, it then feels scarier to me than when I do know about most, something. Most people tend to fear the unknown. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that then becomes an internal conversation of, am I responding to the actual risk Mm-hmm. versus the perceived risk because there's so much I don't know. The best solution to that is to go learn, not necessarily to do, but to go mm-hmm. have conversations, go to demos and right. workshops, get around it in as real of a sense as you can to then decide, okay, now I know what this looks like or can look like and how the mechanics of this work, where am I, where am I on it now? Mm-hmm. Because then I think that the the way you look at the risk of that kind of play, it becomes less edge play and more possible. Or it, or you go, oh shit, I was right to be scared of that. <laughs> I must stay away from it. It's not for me. Um, the, uh, the interesting thing that I think happens, uh, this happens a lot online, uh, certainly in comment sections of videos, but also on Twitter and wherever people gather, is that if I come out and say, Needle play. I'm not gonna. Needle play is a hard limit too. So just so you know, <laughs> no, don't break my skin. Is what I'm saying. Um, but let's say I come out and say needle play is edge play to me because it is is a risk too far for me. There will invariably be somebody out there who thinks what I've actually said is nobody should do needle play because it's too risky. When what I've said is mm, that, that's a, that's a no for me. I'm not. That's too yeah. much for me. And there is this human sort of compulsion mm-hmm. to think that when somebody says, I think that's too risky, I'm not going to do it, that we've somehow said you shouldn't do it either. Now, every once in a while, there there is somebody on the internet who thinks that because they don't want to do it, you shouldn't do it either. And that's a part of this conversation as well. Mm-hmm. So, and I have absolutely seen people make the, the comments and make the assertions that because they don't think something is risky enough to avoid that there's no risk to it. And so they'll tell that person, well, you're just being silly or stupid or whatever. It's not risky, it's perfectly safe. I've done it for 20 years, what are you worried about? And I think it comes back to the point we make in every discussion we have about power exchange and BDSM Mm -hmm. and kink and all of that, which is it is highly personalized and individualized to you. Your experience does not have to look like anybody else's experience. Certainly doesn't have to be validated by anybody else's experience, okay? They can go out there and do them and, you know, live their risky best self life and you can do what makes you feel safe and comfortable and confident so Mm. that you're enjoying your BDSM experience. Yeah. I do think it is worth the conversation and the awareness that there are, of varying degrees and levels, risks and dangers to all forms of BDSM. Yeah. Physical, mental, emotional. Understanding that does not mean you can't engage in it. That's kind of the coolest thing about BDSM. We are not only on the outskirts of what society put air quotes around that, but mainstream society considers normal or okay. We're playing on the edge of the taboo just in general. And then we're playing on the edge of what our bodies are capable of, what our minds are capable of, Mm -hmm. what we can psychologically handle. Like it's okay if your edge is nowhere near my edge. If we are playing on two different fields, 
as long as we take that time to learn about the thing, weigh the risks, understand that there are risks, fucking admit that there are risks, and then decide what's best for us based on what we know to be true about ourselves. And what I decide for me, it does not have to be what gets decided for you. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's, we're both having our, our living our best BDSM lives. Mm-hmm. Was this really a discussion about edge play? <laughs> Was this really a discussion about risk assessment? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. What were we doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that if we, if you and I agree, and I do mm-hmm. agree with you broadly that any form of BDSM is edge play, because of the risk. Carry some some degree of risk. And then what I consider edge play, specific edge play, is based on what I consider risky and what I know about. Mm -hmm. Then that opens it up to anything and everything. We don't have to speak about specific kinks and call those edge play. Yeah. Because, and our, our view of what is edge play absolutely can and will shift over time. Yes. You know, if you were terrified of like i was i was terrified of a whip don't come at me with a whip that's gonna you could break skin and and technically he could (laughs) technically he could that is a risk um but i didn't know anything about it other than it sounded like it fucking hurt and i had seen too much porn where there were like too many red marks on skin um and i went "Mm -mm, mm -mm." and then over time and while i watched you learn and go through that process Mm -hmm. it's still not a thing i'm like dying to do but I was able to consider it less edgy yeah. for myself because funnily enough, not because of anything I did other than kind of growing into my kink self, but watching you do what you could to eliminate risk, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So reduce risk. I don't want to yeah. say eliminate risk, reduce, reduce risk. Um, yep. The risk is always there. Yeah. And I, I, that doesn't mean we have to be afraid of anything necessarily, um, it's just an acknowledgement of the facts. There you, that sums it up very well. I have never summed up anything in my fucking life, but here we go. We did the thing. <laughs> First time for everything. I know. Um, I will be interested um, over time um, what other questions this raises or yeah. topics of conversation we can come back to with this. Mm-hmm. This is one of those that does feel like a really big conversation, but I because I did not have going into the conversation i did not have any like hard and fast this is totally what i think um i don't it it feels like it's too broad of a topic to cover in one episode but also this is a good stopping point because Mm -hmm. i i think i i'm i'm with you on your definition and i'm with evie and i'm with Mm -hmm. ignixia and yeah 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 Mm -hmm. so so does that mean we're good that is not for me to say all right. Well. Okay. Ready? Uh, keep, keep it kinky, kinky y'all. y'all. And we'll see you next week. Daddy. Yes, baby girl. Can I talk to the crickets, please? <sighs> oh, with a smile like that, how could I refuse? Yes, you can talk to the crickets. Thank you, Daddy. Um, one, <laughs> if you are watching on YouTube live stream, I could not look at any live stream comments while we did that, or I, I was already getting off track. I would have gotten off track. Yeah. So you all might have said some yep. really, really 
smart things or asked really good questions. I've missed them all. Um, also, while only while you were talking, I think maybe I yeah it was while mm. you were talking. I spit coffee on myself twice. So <laughs> oh God. podcast listeners, you uh, did did not miss anything there. Mm. <laughs> um, huh, I'm trying to think of what a good. Uh, emoji of the week would be for risk because hmm. there's got to be hmm, there's got to be something what yeah. can i find and i was i was kind of doing the same thing while you were talking i would just peek in briefly and yeah then, you, you know, were doing better than me mm, yeah, yeah, is there yeah. what happens if i type the word risk nope risky nope hmm <laughs> Maybe no. we won't have an emoji of the week because I can't think of a... Can't think of one. Oh, you know what we could do? No. <laughs> I was going to say we could do a knife because many people think of knife play as edge play, even though it is not the only form of edge play. So... Uh, ooh, Amy in the live stream chat. Yes, 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 yes. Um, oh, the yield sign. The caution sign. Yeah. The caution sign. The the triangle with an exclamation point in mm, it. That works. Yes, work. yes. Um, caution sign works for me. That will be our emoji of the week. Uh, the Easter egg is that if you are subscribed to the newsletter, links on all the places where links exist, uh, I will put that emoji in the subject line of the email. So if you're like, what, what, what fucking emoji is, are they talking about that one? That one? Okay, caution no. sign. Triangle with an exclamation point in it. There we go, yep. that is our emoji of the week. You would think, after all these weeks of trying to do this, I would think of these early. Mm -hmm. Y'all are lucky I mm -hmm. thought of the topic early. <laughs> Y'all are so lucky. Um, so, what have we got for bonus section stuff? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a whole lot. I've just been boring. I've been. You doing, took a bunch of pictures for me, so I can I, finish I your shop. Took a bunch of pictures for this for the site. Still have more to go. I think probably Friday morning. Okay. I'll be doing that. Okay. Or Thursday afternoon. I'm not sure which yet. Depends what I get accomplished out in the shop tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've just been boring doing boring stuff, uh, making canes and. Yeah, boring stuff, making hitty things. Jeez. Gosh, why would anybody care about that? You know, and and other things. Um the um I know some of you and I think I put it on Instagram, I don't remember now the the block of acrylic uh -huh. that I made. I cut that up into pen side pen blanks. Oh. And um I'm I'm making a pen with one of them because mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see how the oh, how, gotcha. how the colors swirled in there and uh, that's pretty much it for me <laughs> so it's my turn huh yeah well you got something to talk about I'll let you talk about it I launched a new fucking business this week with my good friend and business partner Molly Moore yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It is digital products. It's not physical. It's called Obscene Ideas. It is geared towards people who want to write about sex in a variety of forms. I am exhausted. I know Molly's exhausted. <laughs> we spent 
four months getting to this point? Pretty much. Now we are in pre-order. If you go to obsceneideas.com, you can see all of the things. Uh, Hmm. Our first product is a prompt workbook of 31 prompts to write erotic fiction. Because why the fuck not? Uh, yeah, and I, I know that Loving BDSM <coughs> is not exactly the target audience for this. And I know some of you are like, mm, what's this got to do anything? I will say two things. One, one of, the, one of our upcoming releases, I don't have a schedule, I don't know when, will be, we will have prompt workbooks that are about kink to get people writing and thinking about kink. Two, now that this is done and the shop is about to be launched and ready and just running, Mm -hmm. I am going to create part two to 30 days of DS. Uh, I don't know how long that's gonna take me, but I am gonna do it to do a new, (laughs) to do a second volume. So um, if you've gone through that first and you're like, "Mm, there's more we can explore, there's more we could talk about, there's more to like, whatever, there's gonna be another one. I don't think that will have a free element um, because we do have the 30 days of DS uh, for mm. free if you do the email thing. It will be a workbook. It might still be an email program, but that is now gets to be on my list of things that are coming. <laughs> It'll be a 2021 thing, but hopefully early 2021. Um, but I had to get through all these other plans we had first. And so you might not care what I'm selling over at obsceneideas.com with my friend Molly Moore. But now that that is going, I can start turning my attention to other things that are on my list. So... But um, uh, Aria, there are some erotic Mad Libs I saw online. Usually they call them adult, but uh, we are not always, not like consistently, but we are playing with Mad Libs on our social media. Uh, Today's Thursday, the day we're recording. Tomorrow, Thursday on Instagram, I have... I've made a, what we call a smutty Mad Lib. It's just one sentence, because those are hard to fucking make. Mm. Uh, so we are playing with those, but not as a product. But there are companies that do make adult-related Mad Libs. So anybody who had the same question Arya did about Mad Libs, there you go, there you go. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, so that's a thing. So if you don't care about that, it's okay, because we talk about kink here, I get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's the important part of it is now that it's going, I can start doing other things. Um, and that is that is my next project, yeah. uh, is to do a, a volume two of 30 Days of DS. Um, what else? We, um, we said at the top as part of our announcements in the next couple of weeks, we will be launching your new shop mm-hmm. and doing special streams, video podcasty things to talk about that. Right. Um, we will, because somebody asked us when I mentioned that a couple weeks ago, we will talk about the different products that are currently available. The really shitty thing about this, thank you, thank you, pandemic in 2020, yeah. is that we do not have near as much stuff in terms of variety and even inventory we're working on because of uh, supply chain problems and yeah. getting the tools in. So we... um a lot of the items are going to be familiar to people who have shopped from us before. Mm-hmm. Um, but our fingers are crossed for a more productive 2021. Yes. Thank, yes th- thanks, yes. COVID. Um, I, I, I finally got notified this week that items I ordered back in June are have, have just now finally shipped. I know. <laughs> We're getting our meat undies orders quicker than you're getting. Yes. 
Yes, yes. Any of your your kinky fuckery <laughs> items. It's just sad. Um, so, yeah, I've, all the things I've had going on are all business related. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, do I have any, like, fun personal things? Have I? Do I know what a personal life is anymore? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, so we talked about this um, on the Friday night hangout last Friday, and then I've been uh, whining in the patron discord. Yes. Um, <laughs> not whining. I think, I think it's okay to be upset about this. So as y'all know, Saki's only been gone like three weeks now and we miss him. And I, I think I said in the last episode, I had left myself open to whatever might happen. Well, then I, f- I found a dog I fell in love with online. Mm-hmm. And granted it was pictures and a description, we, but- We both did. We fell in love. Yeah. From a rescue um, uh, t- here in Florida, a couple hours away, hour and a half, if we got on the turnpike, <gasps> I've mapped it. And we put in our application. And over the process and a lot of waiting and feeling impatient, they came back to us and said, oh, well, we're going to put your application on hold because you live too far away. uh, And if we don't get uh, any local interest in this beautiful, beautiful dog who will totally have local interest, uh, we may reconsider your application. They want adopters to live an hour away and we live an hour and 30 minutes away. And so... This beautiful dog it will find a lovely home, and I wish nothing but the best for that beautiful dog. Two things: one, my heart hurts like it's an it's a, almost like a compounded ache because I still hurt because of Saki, and now it's like oh, this hurts too. Um, and two, I'm I saw a, a, another dog that interested me, not at the level that this dog did. It's not love at first sight, but I was very like, mm, I'm intrigued. Um, and I was, I'm like, I don't know if I want to put an application in because that yeah. rescue is probably an hour and 45 minutes away. Mm-hmm. The lesson learned there is if I will reach out to a rescue before we do that. I won't do that. To, I mean, it never would have occurred to me to do that. I've watched way, I know what it is. I've watched way too many videos online of people going, I flew across the country. Yeah to adopt this dog. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just want to drive an hour and a half down the turnpike. Yeah. Well, I, I think what upset me about all that is they said nothing on their website or the application, you know, that you had to be within a certain distance of the, yeah. uh, of the rescue in order to yeah. adopt. And, adopt. and the, the other rescue that I was looking at, I think I showed you the picture of this beautiful dog as well mm-hmm. uh they said we want people to be adopters to be located in central florida so like if you decide you're like yeah sure well we can put in for that particular dog whose name is jake i think and all i could think is jake from state farm but it's yeah um <laughs> it's like well i'm gonna have to reach out first and go we think we live in central florida do you think we live in central florida <laughs> well, where's your line of demarcation for central mm-hmm. florida so yeah yeah. yeah, but we um, we are, I think, on the path to a cat. Yes. And we are going to our local shelter for that. Yeah. Um, I was lo- the so the local shelter also has really cute dogs, but they don't give you any information, personality, temperament, the kind of stuff you can get from a rescue mm-hmm. or from dogs who have been fostered. Um, and there are a couple of dogs that I can't stop thinking about, not on the level of Sunny, the dog we were rejected over, and yeah. we can't have Sunny 
even though yeah. Sonny, that was a perfect name for, for Sonny. Sonny, mm-hmm. oh my God, he had the mm-hmm. best derpy dog smile. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, so, and for the for our local shelter, uh, dog adoptions are $10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, through the, through the but my problem thing. is not knowing the temperament. And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Right. I think if nothing else, there will be a cat in our lives. Mm-hmm. very soon yeah if it is the type of cat that will allow us the opportunity we will try to, to serve sh- to, well yes <laughs> we will try to get pictures and or video so we can actually let you see our cat whenever mm-hmm. we get a cat mm-hmm. you know it's funny on on the cat thing especially since i know we're going to the shelter i have not i've yeah. looked at pictures but i'm not falling in love with any individual cat because ooh, that's mo- that's definitely a personality thing <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that is definitely a. If I put my fingers in your little cagey box thing, will you come sniff them, or will you look at me like, bitch, please? <laughs> like mm, you don't get that sense from a picture. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> so, no. Um. Yeah, Silent Wing says that. I'm assuming you're talking about me, Silent Wing. That I'm on, well on the path to crazy dog lady. Uh, I'm sorry. I I envision two of each. I have two children. Why can't I have two cats and two dogs? <laughs> uh, podcast listeners you did not see the look on john brownstone's face but i bet you can imagine it <laughs> anywho. I, have, I have so much love to give anywho <laughs> it's a good thing that our local shelter only allows you to adopt two pets at a time <laughs> Happy birthday, Queen Freya. Oh, happy birthday, Queen Freya. So. (laughs) (laughs) In in other news, I I did some uh, tweaks on our Discord, our patron-only Discord server. Uh And we now have the ability to add custom emojis. My face is an emoji. Yes, you're one of your... So let me tell you how this went. JV's like, I need the new shop logo, which we have shared with our, our patrons. So if you are mm-hmm. a member, you can go get that sneak peek. But I need a, a dig- I need a copy of the logo graphic. I was like, okay. And I need this picture you used for our most recent <laughs> video that came out on Monday. The still shot. The still shot that you used for the, the thumbnail. I need that picture. And I'm like, okay. And here, the nature of our power exchange and the trust <laughs> I have in him as I went... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, sure. Never asked. What I mean, do you need it for? No, no, just went, okay, sent it up. So then I didn't think about it. Like, I was like, do, 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 whatever. There's a purpose. I'm thinking maybe he's sharing that picture to share the video. Maybe he's making some commentary on some platform about the expression. I'm like, I don't know. He goes, I had finally ended work for the day. I was like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. He goes, you need to go into Discord. You need to go into Discord. So I go in, I'm like, what am I looking at Discord? Well, I added some Discord server-specific emojis. And we had talked about that because you've yeah. been looking at another graphic that you could use. And I had told you, hey, if you need some others, let me know. I have access to some, blah, blah, blah. So I knew that. I'm like, okay. Blah, blah, blah. He goes, no. I'm like, well, how, where do I find this? He goes, oh, hit this, do that. I look, and there's my face. <laughs> <laughs> there's my goofy, goofy face, like goofy like silly face now i make many silly faces as anybody on youtube will definitely know at this point but 
I, it was like I had purposely made that silly face. It was one of the first times I've ever we've ever done a picture for the thumbnail for YouTube where we purposely like hammed it up a bit. And I was like, wait, that's the one? <laughs> no wonder you weren't just offering up information for it. My fault for not asking, but would you have told me? Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> exactly. So I know better when he asks. I've learned in our relationship, when you ask for a thing in definitely the Domley tone and you don't offer an explanation, don't fucking ask because I'm not gonna know. <laughs> this is for simple stuff like send me that graphic. Like, we were talking about the state of our relationship. I absolutely could demand information, <laughs> but simple tasks like this, no. Nah, so I didn't ask. I, I'm not a trusting fool. Well, I am a trusting fool, but. I just, I knew I wasn't going to get an answer, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's only Wednesday, right? Why, why does this week feel so long? It's only Wednesday. <laughs> it's only Wednesday. It is. It um, is. Podcast listeners, a lucky you, it's now Friday, minimum, unless you waited till the following week, and then I don't know what day it is for you because we're officially time travelers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, anything else? She, she, Jennifer, she, you know, yeah, it, it was talked about in, uh, in Friday's live stream about turning her pictures into an emoji my silly face her silly faces that i don't always know i'm making right but um she probably didn't think it would become a reality so she pretty much most likely just dismissed it here's what i thought truly i figured the only way it would happen mm -hmm. is if somebody already in the discord was like here's a picture make that an emoji yeah. and then i figured they'd have to tell you how to do that because you now know way more about discord than i do uh, and if anybody out there's like what the fuck is discord think chat room, but for the 21st century. Um, so uh, I was like, oh, it, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It won't really happen. And then of course, because I'm, I've got, I'm, how do I say this without sounding like an ass? I'm not narcissistic. I'm not egotistical, but I have an ego because we all have an ego. And I was like, do I want to see my face like that? I don't know. Would it be kind of cool to be an emoji? I don't know. And then I, I know y'all. Y'all are going to pick the most fucked up ones. Where I look the <laughs> most you ridiculous. Have some great expression. Not on purpose, though. <laughs> Not That's on what purpose. makes it great. <laughs> so I guess then that, that brings to the question, are people laughing at me or with me? Can you always tell? No, you cannot. Uh, <laughs> what do I want people to be doing? Laughing at me or laughing with me? I don't know. I'm, if I had a problem with it, it wouldn't happen. It would have been taken down. I don't have a problem with it. I'm a little afraid of it. My risk assessment is that I will feel very foolish multiple times, but I often feel very foolish and, and we keep moving forward. So it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, uh, Ken and then the live stream chat's talking about take a baby photo. I'm of one of his kids. I'm really glad you don't have access to any of my baby photos. Nobody needs that. <laughs> You don't have access. My family does not know how to digitize that shit. You don't have access. 
I was a very chubby, very plump, very round little baby. Uh, except for my preschool class picture where it was a sad moment. My parents had temporarily split up, but apparently I was very sad in that picture. They, they, but it's a quintessential me look. They may not have digitized them, <laughs> but I do have access to a scanner. But you don't have access to the pictures. How are you going to explain Our, that to my mom? You see, mother-in-law, dearest... There's this thing, and I need to... No, you can't go look at it, because it's about the, the sex thing. No. No. So. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's... We've gone down a rabbit hole. I, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure my face needs that much airtime. as well. <laughs> Um... Anything else? I don't think there's anything really going on. I, no. We're in the middle of the rush to get shit done so we can do other shit. We are also dealing with our very complicated feelings about pets because yeah. the 11-year-old was all on board for the, the dog, Sonny, that we have been rejected over, and the 15-year-old was not. He, uh, he was like, I, I don't know that that's a good idea. And then he was really kind and really empathetic. He said, I didn't think it was the right time but i'm really sorry that that didn't work out for you so i think what he was probably going to do is to um uh not give a new dog all of his love yet yeah i think a new dog would have to win him over mm -hmm. he is here for a cat he's totally down for a cat oh, so okay. we're good there okay so yeah it's a it's a pet odyssey that we're on i think um but yeah mm -hmm. so. you're right you're right Tashu. i did have the uh the challenge accepted look. Oh my God, my baby pictures are gonna be Discord emojis. Oh Jesus! Yeah. I was not. I, you know, I'm not embarrassed by my baby photos. I was. I think. I think I was an objectively cute baby, but I don't really know. Cause how do you know? I know I was a fat baby. I mean, how many chins can one baby have? That's how many. However many that was, that's how many. Um, have I ever shown you my baby pictures? A few of them, yeah. 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 None, none from my teenage years, please and thank you. That's just, that's mortifying on a level. Nobody wants to read. I mean, I know where they are, so that's. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> I know where they are, too. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go now. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. Um, love you guys. We are mm -hmm. thankful for y'all sitting through our ramblings to this bitter end yep. with Proud Cricket and fellow crickets and all of the crickets um <laughs> and we will we have every plan in the world of a friday night hangout yes um will it be both of us or will one of us arrive late for the second week in a row we don't know yet um, <laughs> <laughs> and then normal schedule normal schedule that uh random extra one we're gonna do as soon as i get through this particular week i'll be putting that information mm -hmm. out for mm -hmm. folks um and yeah all that stuff all right so yeah we're done i we're think good. so okay we love yeah, you guys we love you thanks for joining us bye, bye.